Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We are here to help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. Mike Manning, you want to know what one of my favorite things is in the world? Yes, what? Is when I get on a networking meeting and somebody messages me and says, huh, that's what you look like. I see, listen to your voice all the time on this podcast. I never knew what you looked like. And I'm like, yeah. here I am. Yeah. You have, you've told that story before. <laughs> it happened today. Oh, did it? Oh, good. It did, yeah. Good. So I'm glad always, they're listening. Yeah. I was glad to know, you know, somebody I didn't know listened to the show yeah. and it was pretty funny. Now you haven't gotten any, I thought you would be blank type comments uh no okay. not yet but i'm sure at some point someone will think well we had a previous guest who shall go nameless but i've been on numerous net zoom or virtual calls with this woman sorry scott <laughs> and we had never met in person and she comes off the elevator and i said hey um mike good to finally meet you in person and there's this pause she looked at me she goes huh you're taller than i thought you'd be <laughs> Like, I just honestly didn't know what to say. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> but it's Strapping true, though. young man. It's true. When you see people, all you see them is sitting down. Yeah. I'm sure we've networked with, with people, either with women that are like five feet, one inch tall, or guys mm -hmm. that are six four, but you never know it based you on where their know. camera is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but shout out to Marie, who listens to the show. It was great meeting you today. Hey, Marie. And oh, princess, is that her nickname? It is. Uh -oh. Ask her about it. Uh oh. Yep. Yep. I feel she does. a story. She is a loyal listener. Good. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm excited. It was nice to meet her and yep. to see her face as well. Mm -hmm. So I had um, a one on one coaching appointment this morning. Yes. Unfortunately, you were not able to be there, but it prompted me to think about today's show. Mm -hmm. because there has been a theme among a lot of our clients recently <laughs> of things that they are most struggling with. Yes. And it's, it's interesting because these are highly functioning, super successful adults that are doing a lot of soul searching and really being very vulnerable and sharing some of the things that are holding them back. Mm -hmm. And those things tend to be um, procrastination, which we've talked about a lot before on the show, but we're going to talk about it we, again. We are because there's so many layers to this. <laughs> and how do you overcome procrastination? How do you look it in the face and just say, F you procrastination and get over it? Mm. And then also, what are things that you can do to be more productive not necessarily getting more things done because I think a lot of times the misconception is, oh, I just have to do all these things when really you need to be doing the things that are most important. And yes. sometimes that's being able to say no to mm. the things that you shouldn't be doing. And I look at these two items as polar opposites. Procrastination, we're usually staring at the biggest, baddest thing to do. We're like, oh. And 
my feeling is with productivity, the more little things I get done and the momentum I get rolling through a day, because we've all finished that day and you look around and go, man, that was good. And when you look back at it, there was no 50 pound boulder you moved. There's a bunch of little half pound boulders that you set in different places. All of a sudden everything lined up. You're like, man, that was a good day. So I'm, I've always felt it was momentum and mm-hmm. accomplishments more so. It would be nice to sell a million dollar house every day, but I'm sure you've had days where you lined up four ongoing buyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nothing sold, but you got them all lined up. It's like, man, I need a drink. That was a good day. <laughs> that was me yesterday. <laughs> In a good way, hopefully. No, yeah, but, but by 6 o'clock, um, yeah. I was hopping on a virtual happy hour with some people that I like to network with, and I looked around the room, and I was like, am I the only person with a damn glass of wine in my hand? And sure enough, someone else did wind up going and grab a drink, so I didn't feel alone. Yeah. But come on, people, don't let me drink alone. Yeah. Drinking alone in person is a no-no Drinking alone on Zoom, I don't feel so bad if we alone drinking. <laughs> so, one of the things that we talk about a lot with our clients, I'm not going to name names, but we tend to have, and maybe because I'm super ADD, we tend to have some clients that are also mm-hmm. a touch ADD, or sometimes they're super ADD. Yeah. And you combine that with... I think it's just a rite of passage or something that happens when you're a business owner that you want your baby to be perfect. Oh, without a doubt. And that has been, you know, and for us, as we've navigated, you know, starting the business and promoting the business Mm. and working with clients. And I know that there's definitely times that you and I, even through the creation of Wired to Change with the number two. <laughs> I still laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that we've had some some things that were kind of scary that we hadn't done before. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And one of them that you were talking about earlier was your nemesis. But now <laughs> you've conquered it. Canva. Canva. All right. So here's the story. One of the... the Tip one of the talking points on procrastination is the perfectionist's fear. Mine is not so much the perfectionist because if you've worked on Canva, which is a kick ass app to design social media posts, and it's very functionally easy. The problem I have is I have no style, I have no sense of fashion. So I can't do cool looking letters and I'll bleed this color into that color and I can't do that. So my fear with Canva for a long time, and we're talking probably nine months, is I'm not going to put this out on social media because I'm going to get laughed at. And because we have friends and Drago, our producer here, owns Oak City Technology. They're experts at that. So I look at their stuff and I look at other friends' stuff, I'm like, there's no bleeping way his, I'm putting this out. His tips he puts out on LinkedIn are so yeah. polished. Oh, and he does so it in his good. sleep. He's sick. He he's, just bothers me. He's in there me. just dusting, the, yeah. dusting off his shoulder like, yeah. He didn't even get out of I'm, bed to do that. And here <laughs> I am sweating over, right? And so mine, his are beautiful. And we have other friends that know what they're doing. And my original ones look like the caveman with the, the <laughs> axe and the pick, just, you know, trying to make the letter A in the wall of the cave. And I'm like... <laughs> And I called Becky over there, sweetie, can you help me with, you know, design? So she gave me a couple tips. 
And through the process of you keep preaching 80% mm-hmm. and a couple other people that I trust. And I said, how do, bad does this look? And they're like, just, it, it's fine. And I finally started putting it out there. And the cool thing that's happened through all of this is that you're getting better. Yes. Now that you've gotten in there, I mean, even the, the other day we were looking at an image and I was like, why aren't there check marks? Yeah. It says you had the word yes, and I want check marks. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, now I have to figure out how to put a check marks on there. And, and voila, what did you do? And you cannot see, folks, but I'm patting myself on the back because I, and Trinity, but she was right. You are absolutely right. Because when you said that, it's like, yeah, that'll make all the difference in the world. So I went to Canva. I was in there, and uh, they have a little uh, click, a little thing you click for elements, squares circles, wherever you want, and I'm scrolling, and I'm scrolling. I finally couldn't find it. Box up top, check marks. No, bleeping check marks is what <laughs> And here it comes, right? So Voila. now I just click on it. It shows up. I size it, line it up. They've got red lines, horizontal and vertical. I mean, it, they do everything they can to help you. To make it, it super easy. It made all the difference in the world, didn't it? When I said it back to you, it went like this? Yeah. Exactly. That looks damn good, yeah. Mr. Manning. And I am now I'm off and running. And yeah. you know what? Because I I go through life really. There's a small handful of people that I give a crap what they think of me. And it's a really small handful. But I don't know why that bothered me so much. So I sat on making things to post for a good nine months, which was so long. But it was real. <laughs> and it, it was real. You know. The first step is realizing that you have a problem. Yeah. Oh, I did. And I then did. making sure that you get started. Like we were talking about, for those of you who are either just tuning in or need a refresher, what we were talking about with this 80% rule, which mm-hmm. I was actually talking with our client, one of our clients this morning, is that you just want to get started. Yes. And in our minds, we put forth this giant mountain to climb of perfectionism thinking that when we produce something that it has to be perfect, but the only person that knows what that perfection looks like is us. And on the call this morning, I was like, you know, getting it to 80% means that you actually have something that you can then go back and forth and tweak and fiddle with versus the brain space it takes when it's just lingering out there. Mm -hmm. And that's the piece that people, it's not even that you now have an unfinished project or an unfinished proposal or an unfinished whatever it is. It's that you have that plus the bandwidth that's taking Mm -hmm. in your mind because you're going to chronically be thinking about that all the time. Oh, I should, uh, every time you get on social media, look at those posts. I'm so bad. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing about fear is, or setting yourself up to make people make yourself think that, oh, they're going to say this is I've emceed a nonprofit event with over a thousand people sitting in the damn room. Did not bother me at all. And I can't go on Canva and find a stupid ass right. check mark and just put it out for the world to see. And that pisses me off even more. <laughs> but it is, it's a great fear and it's different fears. It, for me, it wasn't perfection. For me, I just didn't want to look like a, a seven-year-old. Yeah. And not, not knocking seven-year-olds, but that have never tried used a computer before. That's what I would have looked like. 
Well, so yeah, there there is there is fear, fear of failure, fear of it not being perfect. Um, there's also the just the you know I've I've seen with a couple of agents that I coached in the past that they are really good fixers. Oh, and yeah. I fall into this bucket. You are good at that. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, I, I use the analogy of if I were a home builder, I would probably suck at it because I would never get started in building the house. But give me something that needs to be remodeled and I'll go in there and fix it all day long. Oh, without your quality control, without a doubt, because you know what it's supposed to look like. You're just not wired <laughs> to get it to that point. Right. But you know, when you walk through a house that's 85% done, your work is just starting because you're like, no, no, yes, almost. And that's your skill. I think that's yeah. your superpower right yeah. there. So what I've done in my personal life and my business life is try to find people that are really great at taking my ideas in starting them. Mm-hmm. So then I can come in and tweak it and modify it. And, and we've and learned make that it. too. Yeah. yeah. And that has been something that's been great for us because yeah. you're like, Hey, I put together this plan and I look at it. And I'm like, great, let's do this and this and this. And, this. and then, mm-hmm. you know, before we know it, we're rolling with it. Um, but that is definitely something that if you struggle with that, that's a great time to look at your workflow and figure out who are the people or apps or whatever it is that you can outsource to that will start getting that first 20 or 30% mm. done for you. Yeah. So that you can come in and not feel so overwhelmed of where do I start this huge project or big task. And you're right, though. It haunts you on a at least weekly basis that A, you're not you're not getting out and b it's not out there because you see your competition out there mm-hmm. you keeps like god i should be able to do that you know what tomorrow and then tomorrow you don't do it you know what the next tomorrow <laughs> or whatever the next, you know and it just it, it it's compound interest is what it is it really is the other thing that we see a lot with our clients bless their little hearts <laughs> welcome to the south trinity the entrepreneurial <laughs> curse which is big shinies Oh, yeah. We tend to work with a lot of people who are dreamers. Mm -hmm. They are visionaries. They love to think something up and try to figure out how to put it into action. And that's definitely one of the skills that you have to have in order to be strong in in a small business, in the small Mm -hmm. business world. The problem is, and one of my real estate agents that I worked with, with for many, many years was that he did the opposite that I did. He would start something and then get distracted by the next shiny and then start that and then start something else and then start something else and kind of hip hop his way along. And before he knew it, he had a string of ideas and endeavors that never actually got coddled enough to create to become an actual plan i wonder what his garage looks like and the that half and three quarter started projects oh. yeah i was going to build this bench over here his, but I've i didn't been in his office like his home oh. office before and it's a series of 
stuff that was just start. And my dad, oh my God, my dad is the same way. My dad will start something and then everything just kind of sits there. Mm. And, you know, it might take him 20 years to finally loop back around and fix it. And you're like, dude, just go start something. And I think a lot of it is, and this is where talking with a good coach, I know a couple cases, something you struggle with is being able to say no or stop something and just scrap it completely. And my, the best example I have of this is that, um, Scott's always teasing me about how I need, I like to have hobbies and things to do and new things and, um, you know, back I've done random stuff like I'm going to take online classes and teach myself how to code. And like, that was cool. And, you know, I had a, a period of time where I wanted to sew all the things and I bought a sewing machine and started uh. and I got like a third of a way through making a quilt. And I was like, I fucking hate sewing. <laughs> it is horrible. It's lonely, like, and, and it took me, I don't even know, this is so embarrassing. It, it took me probably a good three or four years before I actually admitted to myself that it was okay to scrap all of that and not have that be on my list of things that I have to complete. And, and the it, freedom just, it was like, Oh, the sun's come down from the heavens. And I was like, oh my God. So I wound up selling it all at a garage sale, the sewing machine, all the quilting stuff, gave away all the fabric. And I was like, yes. But if I had done that and made that decision three years earlier, I wouldn't have been carrying around these unfinished projects with me. So it's almost like the whole, you know, fire, uh, fire, fast, slow to hire, fast to fire. Yes. Oh yeah. So if you have an idea and you're just, you know, kind of getting it started, but then finding yourself having a bunch of things that are started and not finished, Mm. it's okay to go and just nix the ones that didn't work. Yes. But I think a lot of times we, we think of that as failure, but it's not. I mean, if you think about some of the most amazing inventors in the world, like how many light bulbs and things did Thomas oh, yeah. Edison invent before he? You would say he figured I found a thousand or ten thousand ways to, to not fail. make it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if he had sat there and hemmed and hawed over every single one of those, he would have never gotten to the thing that yeah. was his greatest success. So. Yeah. And we hear from salespeople a lot. You know what? That 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 no, I'm one step closer to a yes, which we agree. But we don't apply that to the 18 projects we have on our list. Just scratch that. No, if you've got 18 and you scratch 12 of them off, ooh, I got six. Those are good. They're revenue generators. I could do these. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, yeah, it, it's hard to look at everything and you think you can do it. And then it's like, oh, well, I'll, let me just Wednesday. Let me get these other ones, and then Wednesday, and pretty soon Wednesday becomes July. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. And how much did that sewing cost you to learn to sell it? Um, I mean, probably under 500 bucks total for all the crap, <laughs> and I probably resold it for next to nothing because <laughs> I. But it felt just, good, didn't but it? But it felt really good, and I wish that I had done it years earlier Yeah. because I just had this 
niggling little thing behind, you know, hey, mm. you have this thing that's not finished. And I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Just kind of tapping you on the shoulder. Mm. What's going on? Are you ever going to finish me? And when I finally made that decision, yeah. that was the best thing that I could have done because it just freed me to mm. move forward with something that I actually could be successful. At. And we, we can't do everything. We just can't. No. Yet we still convince ourselves, uh, yeah, I, I knocked that list out. Now, we always have too many things on a list. Always. And, yeah. And we, which goes back to the important and urgent. Yeah. And I told you before we came on the air here, I've been working the last couple of weeks at trying to really think about what needs to be done before it becomes urgent because it never was urgent. It was important. But if you let it go a week and a half, then it's like, holy crap, that's due tomorrow. It's kind of like your, you know, your uh, term paper in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we've known for two months the due date. Yep. It was important on that day, and it became urgent, uh, you know, the Wednesday before the Friday. It was, was working with our one of our clients recently on something that, in theory, sounds so simple. But then he was like, whoa, mind blown. Mm. And it was to pre-plan times to work on things weeks before they were due. Yeah. And you would have thought that I just, like, blew his mind. But a lot of times we don't work backwards far enough and give ourselves time. Yeah. It's almost like a procrastinator schedule. You need a, you need Ooh, a schedule. Yeah. So that way you don't wind up cutting things so close to the wire and I know from from being a my fear of procrastination mm. um I've been rewarded so many times by doing things very last minute and people think that it's fantastic some people are good under which, pressure yeah which is because I'm I don't have any choice in the matter Right. It's, at some point, there's a time that something has to be done by, and I purposely don't like to have too much time to think about things, or else mm-hmm. I will so overanalyze every aspect of it that it, then it per- puts me into a paralysis. Yeah, you hear all these negotiations, especially in pro sports with money, the union versus the owners. Nothing happens till there's a deadline. Yeah. By Friday, if something's not done, this will kick in. And then they're like, holy crap, we've been sitting on that for. But my my issue with a procrastinator's deadline is I would know I still got three weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, we're right back to square one. You're, we're our own worst enemy. We are. We really are. <laughs> I think right. that there's also um, this inability sometimes to be able to say no. And mm-hmm. I see this, um, we were talking about it in one of our mastermind groups recently, just that there's an art form to saying no to other people because half of what we have going on in any given day are things that are being asked of us, right? Mm-hmm. They're the, you know, if you look at the important versus urgent mm-hmm. matrix, it's the stuff that is becoming urgent because there's an outside force saying, hey, look at me, pay attention to me, do me, and before you know it, your entire day is sucked up by crap that other people want or mm-hmm. need from you, but may not necessarily be the things that you should be putting your attention on. Right, because usually if you ask the person, 
it's not urgent. It doesn't have to be done by tomorrow. They just want it done by tomorrow. In reality, you have a week to do it. Yeah. Which you can certainly do, but they go, oh my God, we have to have this done by tomorrow. It's like, then you find out, no, we really don't. It's next Friday. So a lot of things that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is setting great upfront contracts. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mr. Sandler, for that. Which is when you initially meet with a client, when you are dealing with a customer, that you are setting the expectation from the get-go so that way they know when to expect things from you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that just eliminates so much friction that can happen because you have a mutual understanding of what's expected. When mm-hmm. people don't set those expectations, that's when you run into issues with people getting frustrated or they don't feel like they're hearing from you often mm-hmm. enough or, you know. If you have a client, one of the, and I had to do this years ago in another life in a corporate world, is every Friday they wanted a, a, a report of the week. Nothing hugely detailed, usually one page, but they want to know what went on. Wonderful. Wonderful. Because... I, I can't leave until I do that. So I better keep good notes. So, you know, a minute here, a minute there. And then Friday at three o'clock, I pull my notes together, 10 minutes and I'm done instead of, now what did I do on Monday? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, deadlines are wonderful. <clears throat> and a lot of times, um, I feel like, you know, the whole imposter syndrome thing because people mm. are always like, you're so organized, you're so productive. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding? I'm barely <laughs> holding it together, people. <laughs> but it's the duck on the pond. They don't see the feet paddling like hell. They don't see the feet paddling. <laughs> there are things in my to-do box and my personal oh. to-dos that are just, that have been sitting there. So some of this, actually, a lot of reasons why Mike and I will pick topics for our podcast. This is almost like self-therapy. It is. <laughs> It is. And what I should do to get out of procrastination is give myself a Trinity deadline. I'm going to send this to her in whatever form it is, preferably at at least 80%. I'm going to send this to her next Tuesday. Yep. And then that puts me, I wonder if, you know what, I probably ought to try that. I think I like that. I I like that. that too. Yeah. And then you can sit on it for a week if you so choose, but I've got no, it to No, but I do good with my mic deadlines. Oh, you do, yes. Yeah. But that would force me then to, and even if it's just a thought of something, a, a potential program we might want to do, again, just start it. Back to your original statement, just start. And my favorite productivity hack of all time is setting short timers and doing nothing but mm-hmm. focusing on the thing at hand. You preach that, yep. It, it saves my ass because otherwise I, I, I see it happening in my own life and, and I sympathize with some of our clients mm. because they're like, the phone is ringing and my phone, you know, the, I'm getting text messages and I'm getting, and I'm like, okay, unless you are a surgeon, mm. there's really not a whole lot of industries where someone's going to die if they don't hear back from you in a 30 minute window of time. And we don't really need we, our voice, our message yeah, returned. We make yeah. ourselves feel pretty important <laughs> thinking that the world is going to spin <laughs> off its axis if we don't like instantly respond yeah. to that message that somebody pinged you on Facebook. Mm-hmm. No, come I on. Sent this, and you get the, the text and you get the phone call. Then 20 minutes later, the text, hey, did you get my phone call? <laughs> 
yeah. It's like, <laughs> yes, and I'll return it when I need to return yeah. it. So one of my favorite things that um, a lot of people do is, you know, on their voicemail saying that they'll return within mm-hmm. a certain period of time, which I think is pretty genius. You're setting expectations. You're setting expectations. I think that there are certain, um, and I can't think of what the app is right now, but, you know, one, what was the guest that we had on that talked about all of your entry data points all funneling to the same Oh, Elizabeth, area? yeah. Yeah. Stefani, yeah. Uh, nailed Great it. lady. Yep. Nailed it. Yep. But really, I would say that is the number one thing that distracts us mm-hmm. is that there's too many places that we have to go. Mm-hmm. To gather information. Yeah. And I I told her I had four notebooks. And yeah. Four notebooks. She's a friend, so she didn't laugh too loud. Your laptop, my iPad. Yeah. I mean, everything's chirping and jerking and yelling and screaming for attention. And the dogs need to go out and go potty. And before yep. you know it, you're like, ah. So the more that you can limit yep. and funnel everything to a couple of different spots, the better. Yep. Yep. The productivity stuff, though, kind of weaving into this. We've got a list. I found a list of top five tips for being productive at work. And and a couple of them make sense. Prioritize. Duh. That makes sense. Create systems, which you're the queen of. Um, There's no doubt about that. The multitasking, I love that word because unless you have the food in the oven and you're making the sauce on the stove at the same time, we really don't mic don't multitask. We just stop doing one thing and start doing the other. Yeah. When we stop writing an email and pick up the phone, we're not multitasking. No. Yeah. <laughs> so quit using that word. <laughs> and multitasking. I mean, when people tell me they're a good multitasker, yeah, it dry, it just irritates me. Yes. Because there really is no such thing. To me, if you're a good multitasker, it just means that you're very scatterbrained and you're constantly, you're probably highly unproductive. It's what was the thing we were talking about the other day where on somebody's resume when they're like, I'm a hard worker and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, (laughs) If you tell me you're a hard worker, I'm immediately thinking that you're inefficient, you're not productive. I'm always the last one to leave the office. Poo-poo yeah, because you're, you're unorganized. <laughs> you're unorganized <laughs> and you need to pull your shit together. Yep. So, yeah, definitely but, avoiding multitasking. That's yeah. why I love so much the you 30 know, minutes. I yep. have a bunch of makeup and creams and crap at home. And poor Scott has been looking at this stuff sitting in my sink. And I have half of it's brand new. And I told my girlfriends, hey, does anyone want? like a bunch of the stuff and they oh. were like yes we would love it i was like great so i set a timer for 30 minutes and i just started ripping through and i was like that's like and i got so much done because mm-hmm. that's the only thing that i was focusing on and i love doing it with emails or phone calls or if i'm writing something just focus only on that thing and then you can go back and do whatever you were doing but if you're trying to you know write something or do something that takes a lot of creative energy and you're stopping every 30 seconds Mm. to respond to an email, don't do it. Plus we were talking with our client a couple weeks ago that you're then training people that that's your response time. And the only one that really you're, that you're, you know, your client 
is good with whatever you tell them is the expectation. Mm -hmm. So the only person that you're holding up the standard to is yourself. And think back for all of us to do, all of our clients, when was the last one that said, hey, you don't return my emails fast enough? Yeah. You might have one. One. Yep. But was it in less than six hours or less than six minutes? What was what was their definition of quick enough? So you chat with them, but, but you're right. Nobody's bitching at us because we didn't return. Now, over three days, yes, but... Within four or five hours? No, yeah. nobody's bitching about that. No. And if it's time sensitive, have a deal. Hey, if this, like with your selling house, we're waiting. I'm going to be doing this, but we're waiting on the note from the lender that they're approved. Text me. Otherwise? Otherwise, just yeah, don't. Yeah. Regular stuff. But that's the emergency. But that's the relationship you have with a client or a, te- or a teammate is this. it's used just for this. But I need to know that. And so don't call me, don't email me. You can text that, but everything else is an email, and I'll get to it. Now, this last one on here I would have never thought of. Don't, and, you've, and you've talked about this too. Don't skip your breaks. Oh, yeah. You Inst- gotta. Yep. Instant burnout. Yep. Um, you know, in addition to most most of our clients that come to us, are either looking to grow their business, scale their business, um, figure out how to work through their procrastination and or, you know, making themselves more productive so they can make more money in less time. And all of that overcompassing is the whole reason they got into business on their own to begin with Mm. is because they want some sort of work-life balance, which doesn't happen if you never give yourself time to take care of you. Yep. And I think not having kids yet and everything, because one of the first questions I'll ask people is, how are you doing? Like legitimately, how are you doing with dealing with being at home Mm -hmm. with your kids in the other room? And I was talking to a client of mine a couple of days ago and he's got, there's five of them in their house all doing online learning online. And I was like, when do you get to do something for yourself? And he was like, never. March of last year. Yeah. He's like, (laughs) never. I never, he's like, I didn't even think about it. I was like, well, yeah, you sound miserable and you need to, whether it's, you know, 15 minutes to go walk around the neighborhood or whatever it is for me, it's, um, I get up from my desk and I'll go downstairs and give Scott a kiss and, either make a drink, not an alcoholic drink because I'm working, but like a, like a lemonade <laughs> yeah. or maybe a little spiked lemonade yeah. or coffee or grab a mm-hmm. Red Bull or whatever it is. But that's my, I need to actually get up and physically move mm-hmm. around. Yep. Because if I don't move around a couple times, then by the end of the day, you just feel so spent mm-hmm. from staring at your computer, being on the phone all day. And you need to have that time to just, and it doesn't have to be long. I think research shows that, you know, 10, 15 minutes can just reset you. You're also a big fan of the power nap as much as I am. Love a power nap. Yeah, Love the power nap. Mm -hmm. And when you get older, let me speak to my age range right now. You sit in a chair for three hours, you try to stand up, it's ugly and it's Mm -hmm. loud. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Another good reason to get up and walk around. And our favorite thing that... Um, I love to preach, but definitely, 
you know, so many of these things, I think there needs to be more transparency within the coaching industry of that. We're not perfect. Mm. We, we know a lot of the things that we should be doing. Mm. And yes, we do quite a bit of them because mm. we wouldn't be running successful businesses without them. But one of my Achilles heels and you know, sometimes I almost feel guilty when I help coach somebody else through this. Cause I'm like, why can't I do this better for me mm. yep. is knocking out the biggest, mm. baddest, scariest thing in the beginning of the day. Check marks in camp. <laughs> <sighs> Had such a long coaching conversation with one of our clients recently. And I was like, come on, preach into the choir. Yeah. You need to get on that. And I, I think I need to go back and reread Eat That Frog mm-hmm. because there's something to be said about just not letting that take up bandwidth in your brain. Yep. So yep. that that's going to be one of my, um, I was trying to think with Lent and everything coming up, like what I could do mm. that's not food related. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. But business related, yeah. something to help myself. And I think that that's going to be my Lent 40 days of getting up and eating that frog. Okay. Giving up the easy life. Yeah. Because yeah. that's a comfort zone. I'll yeah. get to it later and right. later becomes July. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that. And speaking of uh, tackling the hardest things, we have two new programs on our website now. One is for a lot of people that are afraid of talking in public or uncomfortable talking in public. We have a four-week program called Monetize Your Message. We are here to help you with one of the hardest things in your life. The other program we have is called the Profitable Processes because that's a very hard thing for people just to put the stupid process in place. It'll save you time. It'll save you money. It'll give you that work-life balance that if you want to leave at 4.30 to go to your kid's Little League game or school play, you're set. Process taking care of itself. So you can go to our website, wiredtochange.com. With the number two. Love that. And sign up for both. They both start in March. Uh, But you're going to walk away with some serious homework and some serious uh, accomplishments um, in the monetize your message we're going to be working on networking and storytelling and elevator pitches and videos because we're going to put your video up on on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You're going to look, whatever it is, it's going up. And on the processes, you're going to walk away with onboarding processes and you're going to walk away with sales and marketing processes. You're going to walk away with a bunch of stuff. So we're going to help you address those hardest things in your life. I'm so excited for these two new programs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be intense, but it's going to be very much worth it. And speaking of intense, I found out today that one of my friends, because I really wanted to kind of delve into the world of TikTok, but I, I, saw that. <laughs> I feel like, um, I feel like my parents Yeah. when, you know, when my dad calls me and is like, how do I get on the damn internet? I look at TikTok and I feel like an infant. I have no idea what's going on. But one of my dear friends who is great at marketing is taking me under his wing and he is going to create a program for our clients and future people um, on how to monetize and take over the TikTok world. And he's going to use me as his 
guinea pig. Oh, cool. Yeah. So. Well, you got to have a cool. So for those of you that are like, ooh, I love listening to her voice. Now you can see my face as well. You <laughs> so need a cool go TikTok. Go follow me on TikTok. Yeah. You need a cool TikTok name because Trinity do. just not going to work. You need. I need a, I need yeah, a name. Yeah, mm-hmm. you do. Your dad's funny. Real quick before we go. Uh, I actually had a family member one day. Say, I heard them say, but I can't get Facebook on my tablet. You can. Yeah. <laughs> You can. Well, it's on my computer, but I go sit in my chair. I can't get it on my tablet. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait till you tell him with TikTok. I can't get you. Really? I can do that? Yes. (laughs) And good luck with that. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. I had an agent way back in the day who called me very irate. And he said, I asked Ellen, my assistant, 10 times to put the... um, home screen set to the certain website and every time I open my computer it's not there I was like well what do you see he's like it's a golfer I was like Doug that's your screensaver <laughs> you have to actually open the internet <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm starting to feel yeah. like that I'm starting to feel like people are questioning my oh god TikTok. <laughs> technological competency we may have to do weekly updates on your TikTok oh, yeah. Or so. but yeah check us out uh, I'm sure Mike will be making lots of cameos on my TikTok videos and that'll work I can do yeah, that. It'll be, it'll no be idea fun. what I'm doing there, but yeah. I'll do it. Sure, Why sure. not? All right. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Go to our website, check out our new programs. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.